this morning, as the passage was read, we are in uh, the series in, from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. Uh, and uh, Paul uh, continues a theme that he has begun uh, at the beginning of chapter 4. And uh, he is continuing this theme of uh, understanding God's will. Uh, if you look at verse 2, uh, which was not read for us, but that's where he begins this theme. Uh, verse 2, he says, for, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus, uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Uh, so he begins to address uh, this idea of uh, how do you understand God's will? How do you live out God's will? Uh, and uh, he says, this is God's will for you, the, your sanctification, your growth in holiness, uh, a life of obedience, uh, exercising self-control. This is God's will for us as we follow Jesus. And he continues this theme uh, from verses 9 to 12. And the background for this chapter and even for this episode is that uh, people are waiting for the return of Christ. Uh, but because of some false teaching, uh, people are confused about Christ's return. Uh, Christ's return is imminent, uh, which is that uh, his return is near and we wait and ex expectantly for his return. Uh, but, but because of false teaching, they understood his return to be immediate which has a slightly different understanding. It is immediate. So, uh, and because of that false understanding, uh, they, uh, they began to uh, live in a way that failed to honor Christ, uh, even through a life of purity. Uh, they began to live in a way uh, that uh, they became irresponsible, uh, irresponsible uh, about their work and, uh, and failed to live up to the responsibilities to their families and church and community. Uh, they began to withdraw from engaging with culture. Some of them became a burden to others uh, because they had actually stopped working. Uh, and so this life became a mockery uh, to the outsiders, to the watching world. So Paul is writing uh, this episode in that context. And he's telling them, this is how uh, you live in light of Christ's return. Uh, this is how uh, you uh, live a godly life. Uh, this is what it means uh, to, uh, to live a faithful life before God. Now, uh, just as it was a problem back then, uh, there they had an over-realized uh, over eschatology, right? In theological terms, you would say that they, they really had an overheated, uh, over-excitement over Christ's return. And so they began to be irresponsible in their daily life. But today we have a different kind of a problem. Uh, today in culture, even in our churches, uh, we sometimes have a very underrealized eschatology where we don't think about his return. Uh, we either ignore it uh, or we live like it's never going to happen. Uh, so the way we live is we live for the moment. Uh, we are consumed by the things of this world. Uh, we live like this is the only life there is to live. Uh, and in some ways, we resemble the church back then where we because of this idea, we ignore holiness and godliness. We stop pursuing Christ with diligence and the crown he promises. Uh, we live and look just like the world. So back then, they were withdrawing from culture, from engaging with culture. But maybe today, uh, we assimilate too much into the culture and look just like the world. So, so what Paul is telling them is, very much relevant even to us. So the question this morning is, how do we live in light of Christ's return? What does that life look like? Uh, and I want to even narrow this down. What is a compelling 
witness look like? How, how does a compelling uh, life look like for this world when you live for Christ? Uh, and, and as we think about this, we, we would expect Paul to say something like this, right? Christ is going to return. And so this is what you need to be doing. Everybody should sell everything, uh, go to the remotest part of the world. Uh, everybody should start evangelizing the corners of the world, preach uh, every waking moment on every street corner, uh, pass out literature uh, uh, to every breathing human, buy billboards and uh, uh, paint the gospel across the walls and across the streets. And so this is what we would think, of, think about Paul telling us. If you don't do this, shame on you. Now, some are called to do this. That's wonderful. But Paul is going to tell us something very different. He's going to tell us this is, this is how you're going to live in light of Christ's return. So today, uh, from this passage, we're going to look at two things. What does a compelling witness look like? Uh, what does a compelling life look like uh, for Christ? And we're going to look at a portrait of this life. And we're going to see the power to live this life, portrait and power. So firstly, uh, let's look at the portrait of a compelling witness. H how does this life look like? And I want, I want to summarize this, uh, this life with this statement. A compelling wit witness, a compelling life for Christ is a life of love expressed through a quiet life. It, it is love expressed through a quiet life, right? Let's, let's look at this. It's very interesting. Verse nine, he says, now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you brothers to do this more and more. Uh, firstly, he begins by complimenting uh, the church, uh, he's talking about uh, brotherly love and he's saying, I don't need to write this to you. I don't need to remind this uh, to you because you have been taught by God. He's saying, this is something you know. He's actually uh, 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 reminding them of the words of Jesus in uh, John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, uh, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Uh, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. So he's saying you're, you're not only taught by God, but he's saying this love is, this love is evident in your life. This is, uh, this is seen throughout Macedonia. Your, your news, the way you live, the way you love is evident throughout Macedonia, throughout the region. So he is delighted by this fruit of the gospel, the gospel taking deep root in their hearts and it is displayed as love through their lives for others. The reminder of Paul's verse in uh, Romans 5, 5, he says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, so there Paul says, this is the work of God. The, the fact that you're able to love the fact that you're taught by God to love and the fact that you are able to love is a work of God because the spirit of God is the one who equips us for every good work. Uh, this is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, do this more and more. 
display this love, especially this uh, the, the, as the Christmas season comes. This is an encouragement for us. Display this love. Do this more and more. Display this love with your neighbors, with your co-workers. Uh, display this love before uh, your family. Uh, uh, maybe there are f- uh, family members who are unbelievers. Uh, display this love in your marriage before your children, in the way you parent them. Uh, display this love in your hospitality uh, by how you make space for strangers in your lives, uh, how you make space for those who are broken and those who are needy. Uh, you, you make space with your time and resources. You open your heart and your home. Uh, display this love through generosity and compassion. Do this more and more. Right? And, and, and in some encouragement for you guys, King's Cross, as a community, as a, as a body of Christ, in Perth, you, you have embodied this. And, I, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this before when I've preached here before is how when we went through, when we planted New City back in 2017, and we had groups, 2018, we launched the church. Uh, and uh, 2019, two years later, the pandemic came. And so we were in this uh, part of the city, the heart of, the heart of Delhi, uh, and uh, and uh, we went through a tough time. People, people left, the businesses closed, uh, and it was a tough time for us, right? That the whole year, right? Almost, uh, it was a couple of years. We, we had to, uh, we, we had some financial uh, constraints because the offering was down, people had left, we couldn't pay for the place. There were so many things happening. And that's that's when we were kind of we were considering Rizan. We were slowly getting to know the Rizan churches. And one of the ways that we experienced the the love from your congregation is that you you guys prayed for us. You prayed for us. You prayed for me. You prayed for my family. Uh, you encouraged us. Some some of the friends from the Rizan family of churches they came and visited us uh, when the opportunity opportunity came. You, you guys have supported us through that year. Right when when uh, when <laughs> there was nobody to help us, and so 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 I want to encourage you this morning, as a body, as as faithful followers of Christ, do this more and more. Let your let your love be evident, not just in Australia, uh, but but throughout the regions of Asia, right through through the Rizal family. And and he says, as you love, he says, do this more and more. And this is how he, he Paul is actually helping us understand how this life looks like. What, what does this life of love look like? And he's portraying a picture for us. And we see this in verse 11. Uh, verse 11, this is how he says, as the gospel bears fruit, as, the, as you are empowered by the spirit, this is how this life is going to sh- be shaped. This is how it's going to look like, right? In verse 11, he says, he says, do this more and more and to, aspire to live quietly and to mind your own business and to work with your hands as we instructed you. It's, it's very, it sounds very strange, right? It sounds like in India, I don't know, I don't know if, you, if you have this in Australia, but, but in India, you have, these, um, you have these uncles and aunties Right, who are always and, I, and I'm I'm getting old and I'm one of those uncles uncles right now in church. Right, <laughs> we are all these uncles and aunties. We're always looking at these young people. 
They're like, come on, cut your hair, right? <laughs> don't wear, don't wear torn jeans, wear, dress well to church, uh, get a job, get married, right? So Paul sounds like one of those uncles, right? Uh, but no, that's not what he's doing. That's not what he's doing. Uh, he's saying as the gospel takes root and as the spirit bears fruit in your life, you're not going to look like the world. You're going to have a completely different life. You're gonna, you're gonna, your life is going to look completely different. It's going to be radically different from the world. And in some way, he, he is telling us, which is true even today, the, the world is restless. The, the world is anxious. The world is troubled and agitated. Right? The people in the world are always comparing and complaining. The, the world is cynical and exhausted. And Paul here reminds us, no, if, if, you, if you are following Christ, you're, you're going to have a life that is very different. You're, you're going to have a life that is quiet and peaceful and that is calm. There's something about this life. Right? Uh, this life, uh, it is not uh, too, you're not going to be too worked up about the end of this world stuff. You're not going to be anxious and worried about all these things. Uh, or uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to live like this is the only life you have, right? The fear of missing out on things. You're not going to panic. You're not going to be running after the treasures of this world. No, your life is going to be very different. This is, he's portraying, he's portraying a picture of this life. He's saying, your life is going to be very intentional. This is a life that is faithful and responsible and loyal to what God has called you. Now, now this is not this is not an idle life. He's not saying take it easy, right? Lead a quiet life, take it easy, <laughs> get a house on the beach, go surfing, right? This is not that. He, he's not talking about a complacent life, right? He, he's not talking about a life that lacks motivation to excel. No, uh, this is a life that is industrious, that is fruitful. Uh, some in the in the church in the Thessalonian church they are, they are abusing the generosity of people uh, they are abusing the compassion of people they are taking advantage of of the love of people so they've stopped working and they are becoming a burden for for others and paul is telling them no a, a, a follower of christ someone who is working out the will of god in your life somebody who has a compelling witness for Christ, you, you are not becoming a burden for others. You are not a becoming a burden for society. No, you are carrying the burdens of others. Right? You're, you're living in such a way that through your time, through your resources, through your money, through your gifts, you are actually being a blessing to people, not becoming a burden to others. So he's portraying, he's portraying a very different life. In fact, if you think about it, uh, this in some way is a critique to our culture today, right? I, the culture in the world is this influencer culture. Yeah, we want to be influencers, the, the social media culture, where we are drawing attention to ourselves. But Paul is telling, uh, as the gospel takes you uh, root in your life, 
you, you, you are not drawing attention to yourself. No, this is a different life. You are aspiring to lead a quiet life. You're minding your own business. You are free from self-attraction. This is beautiful, right? This is beautiful. This is this is this is completely countercultural. This is countercultural because in in the culture, uh, we would we would either become idle, right? We would become idle. We would withdraw. Uh, we would become like an ascetic, like a monk, right? And so we would move towards that. So if you want a quiet life, we would kind of move towards that extreme. Or or in culture, uh, we are making an idol of life where we are consumed and obsessed about the good life this world has to offer. But Paul says here, he says, aspire to live quietly. It seems like a contradiction here. He's saying, make this your ambition. He's saying you strive, strive eagerly for this. Be zealous for it. Make it your ambition. Make every effort to do what? To do what? He said, make every effort, aspire, make it your ambition to live quietly, to lead a quiet life. It seems like a contradiction, right? It seems like a contradiction. So Paul is saying, no, no, there's, there's something here. There's something when the gospel takes root, when the spirit of God is active in your life and you want to be a compelling witness, this is how your life is going to be shaped. You're going to be faithful in the mundane things of life. Your faithfulness is going to shine through the ordinary and the mundane things of life. Uh, your life, which is unknown and unnoticed, is God-honoring. It is compelling. The, the world says, no, you, you need to do something massive. You need to have great numbers. You need to have massive followers. You, you need to have uh, uh, make a big impact. Right to to uh, to be noticed. No, Paul is saying no. This is God honoring, leading a life that is unnoticed, and and not being known by people, but you're leading a fruitful, faithful, loyal life. It is God honoring. It is a compelling witness for the gospel. So he says, make this your ambition. Make make this your desire. Maybe, maybe this is, these words of Paul is, is an encouragement to some of you. It, it is an encouragement. Even, even as you're faithful to Christ in the day-to-day -day things of life. Even as you're faithful in your marriage. Even when your parenting season is hard, but you're faithful. Uh, even in, in the work in your workplace, maybe with challenges, with the economy, uh, but you are faithful in your work, in your generosity, in helping people. Nobody notices. Nobody sees you. Uh, nobody is there to cheer you. Nobody is there to appreciate you. But there is a God who sees your faithfulness. And your life of faithfulness and your life of being quiet and minding your business and honoring Christ, God honors that. Maybe for some of us, this could be a gentle rebuke. This could be a gentle rebuke. Maybe we, maybe we are pursuing Christ 
Just like we pursue anything in this world, we are pursuing the world more than pursuing Christ. We are looking just like the world in our interests, in what we want, in our ambitions in life. And so maybe this might be a gentle rebuke for some of us to really understand what God's will is. So Paul says, this is the portrait of a compelling witness. This is the portrait of somebody who's following Christ faithfully. It is love expressed through a quiet life. A love expressed through a faithful and a loyal life. So here's a portrait. How do we live like this? Where do we get the power to live such a life? So the power for being a compelling witness, and I want to summarize that as rest experienced through the power of the gospel. It is the power comes from a rest that is experienced through the power of the gospel. There's a, there's a deep inner rest that helps you live this way, which is a compelling witness before the world. I want you to think about this. This quiet life is countercultural. Culture looks down on this. If they read what Paul is saying, culture will look down on this. Uh, this is not what the world finds attractive. Uh, why? Uh, because, because the world does not understand this life. Uh, what, what Paul is talking about, the world cannot make sense of it. Why? Because the world is restless. It is constantly striving to be known. It is constantly striving to achieve and accomplish. The reason why you work is so that you will finally end up doing what you love to do. The, the world is after its castles and cruises. After its jet skis and surfboards or whatever that is in Australia. We, we want the best vacations and we want the best thing. The, the world is after a treasure. And it's striving for it. And what Paul is describing is, is a completely different life. It's a different treasure. Uh, we work uh, because we finally want something in life. right? We, we work like the way, uh, the way that th this is the only life that we have. This is the only comfort that we'll have. We, we are after power and sex and money. And we will give anything for it. The world is willing to compromise without hesitation to get what it wants. The, the world is willing to compete without compassion to get what it wants. It's striving for that. But Paul is saying, no, there, there, is, a, there is a different power here. There, there is a different power at work. There's a, there, there's a there's an deep inner rest that actually plays out in your life of rest on the outside. There's a deep inner rest where, where love is expressed in a quiet life. And this rest, my friends, it can only be found in Christ. Only Jesus can give us this rest. There's a famous uh, uh, last words of uh, Buddha, Buddha, the, the religious leader uh, and uh, these are his famous last words. His last words are strive without ceasing. Strive, strive, work hard endlessly. That's the world. But the gospel is completely different. 
Jesus' last words were, it is finished. Your striving can end because he has done the perfect work for you. My friend, in Christ, your souls and your hearts can find the rest it longs for. It is only found in Christ. In, in Christ, your hearts can be quiet and feel rested and feel satisfied. The life that Paul is talking about is, is a life where in Christ, you find all your sufficiency. He is sufficient for you. He is sufficient to meet your needs. He is sufficient for your emotional and physical and spiritual and your familial health. He is sufficient. It is a life it is a life of rest. It's a life of quietness and calmness and peace and poise and confidence. It comes from a deep inner satisfaction and rest in Christ. You don't, you don't need the things of this world to make you feel approved. You, you don't need the things of this world to make you feel happy. No, there, there is a deep contentment. There is a deep contentment in life. You know why? Because, because you have found this rest in Christ. Because you have made Christ your true treasure. He is your true delight. And, 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 and when your heart is planted in Christ this way, right? when you're satisfied in Christ this way, when you're delighting in Christ this way, and I'm reminded of the, the Psalm, uh, Psalm 1, where it talks about this tree that is planted by the streams of water, that bears its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever this person does, it prospers. It, it, almost, it almost is a picture of that tree where you're planted in Christ. You are rested in Christ. So my friend, this morning, I, I want to ask you this question. Uh, even as you want to, even as you desire to live a godly life, even as you desire uh, to, to be a compelling witness for Christ, how does your life look like? Does this, does your life look like the way Paul is portraying a spirit empowered, a gospel shaped life? Or, or, it, or are we running just like this world? Are we running restless and exhausted and cynical just like this world? So in some way, Paul is, uh, Paul through these words is calling us back to Christ. He's reminding them, this is what a compelling witness looks like. This is what a faithful follower of Christ looks like. This is what it means to live in light of Christ's return anticipating and expecting the return of Christ. You are faithful in the mundane and the ordinary things of life. It is a love expressed through a quiet life and it is a power, it is a rest that is experienced through resting in the gospel. Matthew eleven twenty eight. these are words of Jesus. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My friend, 
with this inner rest your your life can become attractive to the watching world with this inner rest your life can be uh can be irresistible to the watching world with this inner rest your life will be compelling for christ let's pray father this morning what a privilege to gather together as your children across the world i i pray that even even the words of scripture this morning will be an encouragement to us to to pursue a life of faithfulness where you have called us uh, to be faithful and loyal in your calling to us in our own families to our churches to the places where we work to our friendships and relationships in the community help us help us to to live this life through a deep inner rest where we are a blessing to others i pray that your spirit will convict us maybe there are areas maybe there are people right here maybe maybe we've lost track of what it means to pursue the will of god maybe we've lost track of what it means to live in light of your return i pray that your words this morning will encourage us will convict us will bring us back to christ in jesus name i pray amen